When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. I'll never forget when Kirby Smart said that and the uh, vibe around the team was, okay, maybe maybe the dogs have a little repeat season in them. Little did we know then, guys, that this Tennessee team would make for the game of the century between the hedges. I'm Wes Blankenship, Jake Rowe, Palmer Toms. Uh, it's a big show, obviously. It's a big week. Already got comments in from Uncle Glenn Hartley. He says – to take down the Vols. That's right. If it's not, it's not actually time. We got a few days before it's time to take down the Vols. Uncle Glenn, keep that energy pent up. Uh, we need all the noise we can get. If you're Kirby Smart, that's what he's begging for. Who would have guessed that that question would have just broken the internet this week? Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know, man. Like you said, who would have guessed? You know, you just don't just don't see stuff like that often. What a week it's been already. Um, tell you what, feel really, I feel incredibly blessed that I'll be in there uh, for that game on Saturday. You know, just don't think very often you get to see bonus football <laughs> like this is to me. This is playoff football right now. All right, and now. it's huh? There's just a glitch, a little glitch. Oh, in the okay, audio. gosh, I, I thought you. somebody said something. Uh, yeah, sorry. I no, mean, yeah, I mean, echo. you're good. We, we get, I mean, we, we get we're working on our crowd season. noise too over here. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we get, we get a playoff game during the regular season. It's awesome. I, mean, I can't, I mean, I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, the committee revealed its, its findings. It's uh, research yesterday. Uh, do you think this is a playing game? Is this an elimination for both teams? Is it an elimination for one team? It's an SEC championship game elimination, that's for sure, um, because I do not see either of these teams losing twice down the stretch of the regular season. Um, you know, so the winner of this game, in all likelihood, headed to Atlanta to represent the East, and the loser of this game, probably just as big of a fan of of the winner as as that winner's fan base is, because uh, you know, it, let's just hypothetically say the, the the winner of this game goes into uh, Atlanta and plays a one-loss Alabama. You don't want a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss East champion, and a one-loss second-place team in the East because in all likelihood you're not getting three teams into the playoff from the SEC. But chaos is always an option. Like, chaos is fun. Chaos is, is whatever. Loser of this game needs chaos anyway. Tennessee less so than Georgia. Tennessee's right. got a resume right now. I mean, whether you like it or not, I don't care. 
Um, Tennessee loses this game. They're two and one versus the top 10 this year. Georgia loses this game. It's one and one versus the top 10 this year. Um, you know, Georgia doesn't have any get back games. Tennessee doesn't either, but it has them coming in. And so Georgia's re- just the way the timing of the schedule set up this year. I mean, it doesn't matter if Kentucky climbs in next week or this week or next week. Georgia's going to knock them right back out if it wants to do what it wants to do, make them a four-loss team. So that's just where it kind of goes for Georgia right now. And, and you know, fortunately, this is the year that Oregon was on the schedule. Can you imagine if this would have happened next year? <clears throat> you know, that, that kind yeah. of so much of the schedule fell flat, but not all of the schedule <laughs> fell flat because that creamsicle orange, a little bit darker than that maybe, is going to roll into Athens this week as the number one team in the country. Um I had a feeling that was going to be the case. It just it felt too much like Georgia 2017 uh, for weeks now, for three or four weeks. Well, I went back and listened, and you thought it would be one versus two. And in the AP poll, I did. Is, I, 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 really I did too. Like yeah. Uh, and I think so. the college football playoff committee is bananas <laughs> for not doing it because it's going to work itself out. It's going right. to change. I mean, I guess it, we can talk about how there's some integrity it to it now, and maybe that's the reason they did it. If this game was on ESPN, I bet you it would be. Well, that's some tinfoil hat stuff out of Palmer. Not, right if, but it's on CBS. Wes has got friends over at ESPN, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. We'll hear from a couple of those guys. They're, uh, they're mostly – it was the Vol connection that I was going for. And uh, some people have liked it. I've noticed in our comments a little inside baseball for everyone listening and watching. We've gotten a lot of Tennessee people in the comments. They are all over the place. And I don't know if – Y'all sold all your tickets to them in Sanford Stadium. But if this YouTube comment section is any preview, Tennessee is infiltrating everything that we're doing. But it's fine by me because it's helping our channel grow. So yeah. welcome. Welcome, Vols. Watch our stuff. It's all my friends. It's all my friends yeah. from, you know, from the volunteer state. Hello, uh, hello, family. Hello, friends. Mean Mug and Mutt, being from Northwest Georgia, this Tennessee game is always a huge game. Crazy huge this year, though. Yeah, I'd say it's uh, about as big as it can get. So you guys have had a a chance to look back on the Georgia-Florida game. Uh, Palmer, you spoke with Brent Hubbs at VolQuest to look ahead to Tennessee a little bit. Uh, I I can't really get a feel on this game on how it will go. I'll tell you how I think it should go when we do our picks later on this week. That was a tease. But I will say, I think if you're a Georgia fan – you have a lot of reasons to feel pretty good, despite what the national media is saying as they uh, ride on this Tennessee bandwagon. How about y'all? Yeah, I, I'll take it. Um, I, I do feel pretty good if I'm Georgia because just of how balanced this team is. Um, you know, I, I think that when you look at Tennessee, and yes, some of the stats are a little um, skewed based on the way that games have played out, but they are very heavy on the offensive side of the football and not so heavy on the defensive side of the football. Um, You know, and whereas Georgia is a little bit more balanced, you, you see a strong statistical presence on both sides of the ball. Um, And and that's going to be something that I'm chopping wood about. So I'm not going to give it all away. Uh, But I I have been impressed just going through looking at the statistics of this game, um, just how close and how, how good this game is on paper. Um, you know, it, it's certainly one that I'm excited to see play out. And I think that like you've said, Wes, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. There are a lot of different ways that this game could play out. Um, you know, 
I think Todd Munkin probably needs to be good for 30 points because, mm. um, you know, at, at least uh, because I, I just have a hard time seeing this Tennessee offense being kept to, under that. Uh, but, you know, if, if you go look at the way Pitt played them, they were able to, you know, to, to bottle them up a little bit. Uh, especially the run game there for Tennessee. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways this game could play out. If, if Georgia jumps on them early, it, it plays out differently than if, if Georgia falls behind and vice versa. Uh, you spoke with Brenton Hubbs at VolQuest, our On3 Tennessee site. He actually uh, hit on that same topic. So that set me up perfectly. Let's listen to Brenton Hubbs from uh, con- uh, the VolQuest conversation with Palmer. The team that defended them the best was Pittsburgh early in the year. Um, Hooker did not play particularly well, particularly at the start of that game. He was high with the football, um, has had a couple of mechanical things that, that didn't go well. Tennessee turned it over. And again, Tennessee couldn't run the football. Uh, Pittsburgh could stop the run. They felt like their defensive front could handle Tennessee's offensive line. That allowed them to do some different things in the secondary. Brew McCoy was in his second game as a Tennessee receiver in this offense. So he was still learning. Um, and Jalen Hyatt hadn't really taken off yet. So, um, that was a different Tennessee offense in week two, uh, but that was, the, you know, that's the team that slowed Tennessee down uh, the most. And again, I go back to the stat. I mean, 91 yards rushing Tennessee's best runner that day was Hendon hooker. Yeah. That's uh, one of my keys. I think if there's like a key to the game segment, old, old school newspaper deal, uh, Wes's keys to the game, I'd say, look, just based on the stats, you hold Tennessee under a uh, hundred yards rushing. Bama kept them around that uh, ballpark. Kentucky did too. But if Georgia's defense can live up to what they've been doing all year long, I think Georgia's got a shot to uh, check that box off. Yeah, and it's one of those things, Wes, where uh, Georgia's defensive line, you know, I I remember talking to Trey Scott years ago, uh, 2017, uh, I'm pretty sure, and he talked about, and I've I've found it fascinating since because you just don't hear it a whole lot. And he said that, you know, they attack things as a defensive line, like offensive lines often attack defensive lines, which means they want to wear them down. Now, I know Tennessee does that tempo and things like that, but, you know, Tennessee has been able to manufacture a little bit on the ground all year long. And when it hasn't, I don't think it's been because teams have just been able to just hit them in the mouth and knock them straight back into the backfield. I think it's because, you know, they, they maybe are not executing as well because they have that pass game to kind of lean on and create space. And it's a run game that, in my opinion, is good, but I think could be like even, you know, could be significantly better because you look at the space that those guys have to deal with and Tennessee's not averaging five yards a carry. Um, but I, I really think I agree with you 100%. Um, I, I think that's a, a massive matchup in this game because, you know, if Georgia goes in and, and, and let's say Georgia gives up its average yards per game, which I think is just a little under 90, maybe it's 83 or something like that. I tell you what, the, the experts might be looking pretty good in terms of that over under because that total started at 56 and a half, and I think it's all the way up to 66 now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Everybody's talking about 40s to 40s here. If Georgia holds Tennessee under, you know, 90 yards rushing, I don't think Tennessee scores more than 28-31 maybe. Georgia's giving up 85.38 yards per game on the ground. Um, Thanks for everyone tuning in. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Uh, Appreciate the 
listeners. Appreciate the viewers, the live ones, the replay ones. We love all of you. What did y'all make of the spread and uh, the way it came out on Saturday night? Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler were a little surprised by it. It's still up there, I think, a bigger number than people might expect, around eight points last I checked. Yeah, that seems high. Um, you know, no, especially the number three team playing the number one team, right? Um, that seems a little high, but uh, tell you what, man, Las Vegas is going to take a bath right now if Tennessee wins this football game, according to Vegas Insider. Vegas Insider says 94% of the money of the against the spread money, whether you got it at 12 and a half all the way down to eight, somewhere in between there. If, you, if you're betting that game, 94 percent of the money is on Tennessee right now, and that and sounds that like means, a lot. <laughs> yeah, that means if Tennessee covers, if Tennessee loses by less than eight or wins, or you know less than whatever they got it, you know, if Tennessee loses by less than thirteen, or you know, yeah, less than thirteen and wins, or wins, man, I'm tracking. I'm tracking with you. They're taking a bath. Yeah, it's it's uh, just an insane number right now. Um, but that takes me to my next topic, guys, the home field advantage. You know, you look at traditionally what that's worth in sports in the NFL, they say it's right at three points college ball. Maybe it's, you know, that give or take, depending on how crazy the crowd is. Kirby smart asked Georgia's fans to show up and make a lot of noise. According to Tennessee fans, that means that Kirby smart is scared. I think, you know, he's an idiot if he doesn't twist that dial. You know, you, you've got a baked-in advantage that Tennessee doesn't have. Tweak them up. Yeah, I mean, and and he did it last year for Arkansas, too, um, especially with that being an earlier kickoff uh, than this one that was a noon kick. He, he asked him, hey, show up early, show up, be loud. He said this one he wants him showing up earlier and even louder. Um, you know, talked about that Notre Dame game and, you know, having been at both of those, the, the thing that stood out to me was how early fans did get there. Um, you know, how loud fans were. I think that you kind of expect fans to be loud. Uh, but I think that when you have that kind of a presence early and, and you are in there for as long as, as, you know, they've been in there, uh, and, and I do think that we're going to see that kind of a, a fan show out on Saturday. It doesn't matter though. I've seen some experts online say that it doesn't matter against a tempo team like Tennessee. I I think it matters even more against a tempo team. I think it matters even more against a tempo team like Tennessee because it makes it so much harder to communicate. Um, You know, obviously Josh Heupel said that they go, you know, silent count at home. So, you know, that's not a huge problem, but there are things that, they're not they're not mute out there they're not playing you know and and not talking at all there is a communication aspect and, and that gets a lot harder when it's a lot louder yeah there's that and there's also just kind of the the disruption of it all right i mean just the you know you do something ever so slightly poor you throw an interception and that place goes nuts and that can snowball on you. So, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's just like, oh, creating penalties and, and doing this and doing that. I mean, maybe Tennessee commits some, maybe they don't. I, I don't think they're pristine in terms of, uh, in terms of penalties this they're year. Not. I think they've got their fair share. Which they're around seven a game. Yeah, which was surprising when Kirby, you know, kind of gushed about how, uh, 
how uh, Tennessee, you know, runs at fast pace and they don't have very many penalties. I mean, it's not great, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, it's, it's not just about that. It's just about the momentum and getting energy from every single good thing you do. And, and that's, that's a big part of like playing on the road and, you know, there's uh, – listen, I, I know Eric Ainge said what he said about, uh, you know, San Francisco. He's not wrong not about when he played there. No, he's not. I mean, there was – you know, uh, it was probably – I mean, you know, it was a couple, two or three years later I watched that Auburn game and I was like, hey, this is what it's supposed to be like. And I'd been going to Georgia games since 1995, right? So, yeah. I mean, I'd seen some pretty cool games in that stadium, but I'd never seen anything like blackout, tw- you know, 2007 sure. or – anything like that but i mean yeah, I, if you missed what jake's Stadium's, talking about former yeah. George, uh, tennessee quarterback eric ainge who did go 2-0 and in athens tweeted Bragging out right. that uh playing between the hedges isn't really that intimidating and a lot of this started with kirby's tweet because it just blew up with a lot of georgia fans but also a lot of tennessee fans saying that kirby was scared so that was obviously a talking point on uh, eric ainge's radio show so he goes to Twitter and he shares his hot take and this thing just snowballs. But it was fascinating to me because the argument didn't become Georgia's loudness can affect the game. It was, well, Neyland Stadium's louder. <laughs> so yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't matter right now. You're not almost some whataboutism right there. We're not in a scream off here. But well, uh, not to mention there's what almost ten thousand more people there. Yeah. Yeah, you should be louder. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. Go ahead, Jake. Denver State is plenty loud. Yeah. Plenty loud. I've seen several games there, you know, over the years that pretty intimidating, pretty crazy environments for somebody to try to operate. It's not impossible. Tennessee's good. Georgia's not going to put their foot on their throat right to start with and hold them to, you know, 11 points. Okay. But, you know, I do think that, you know, I don't know. Novel concept. Georgia's playing at home and it's helpful to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost it's, like the, the and, and that's another thing that I've kind of noticed this week with Tennessee fans. It's almost like that's blasphemous. Nobody has an advantage over this mighty Tennessee. Well, they've they've heard uh, a listen, lot of the well, rap poison that Georgia fans have heard at the beginning of the season and since they won the Natty. You got to go out there and play the game, man. You got to yeah, well, actually and, play the and, game. And going back to the home field advantage and, and the line that we were talking about, that's why it is. That's part of why it is as high as it is. Um, you know, there is a home field advantage factor uh, factored into that number. So Vegas, you know, accounts for that. Vegas thinks that there's an advantage of playing at home. Matthew C. Uh, doing some off-site producing for us. I appreciate that. Uh, Tennessee 123rd in penalties. Worse than Bama. 70, 74 yards per game. Georgia 16th. Uh, guys, I got some sound from one of my buddies that that Jake was giving me crap about earlier. Paul Feinbaum talked about uh, Josh Heupel and what he brought to Tennessee and what it was like when Tennessee hired him. On the other end of this, I want to hear from y'all what you actually think about what Tennessee's offense can do against Georgia. But let's do the Wayback Machine and remind some of these Tennessee fans just how happy they were for Tennessee to hire Josh Heupel. It just seemed like a very uh, safe, unimaginative hire. Uh, unimaginative because the AD there had previously hired Hypo at, at Central Florida. And I mean, I, I think most people realized that you couldn't go out and get a big name in that, in that moment. It was already January, but 
it just seemed like this program was going to crater. Uh, same day that came out, a couple of players transferred to Oklahoma, a couple more bailed out, and it, it looked like literally the end of the world for Tennessee. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I remember that. I don't really remember the the chaos of uh, almost Ooh, hiring a, Shiano, but There was a lot of it. But I, but I do remember thinking, or at least seeing Tennessee fans say, okay, great, Josh Heupel, he'll be a great holdover until we hire somebody else. John Gruden. Groomers. John Gruden. Yeah, that was uh that was a dark time, I imagine, to be a Tennessee fan. I mean, I just remember seeing like like Paul, you know, brought up um all those guys leaving. And I was like, holy smokes, man, they are losing good player after good player, you know, talented player after talented player. And man, what a job just building it back up that fast. And you said you wanted to hear from us on the offense. It's because of that offense, man. It's been just the scheme is ridiculous. I don't know why more people don't run it. I don't know why more people don't at least implement um, things of it in their offense. The the splits, it just doesn't I, – I, again, I watched that game. I know I've said this before. Uh, I watched that game from the Neyland Stadium press box last year in the first quarter. I was like, how in the world does anybody stop this thing? Because well, how did Georgia stop it? Let's go back to that game from last year. And, and Georgia ended up only holding them to 17 points and getting Hooker benched. Yeah, uh, and there was a late touchdown in there. Yeah, there was a late touchdown in there, and Tennessee got into the red zone, I think, five times in that game. So they did move it around pretty good. Georgia, I think what Georgia ended up doing is Georgia ended up number one, what we talked about earlier, controlling the run. Tennessee had more success early, a lot of first down success early in that game. So Georgia started controlling the run. Georgia got a turnover, which was massive. Uh, I believe it was a Darian Kendrick pick. Yep. And then they also um, they also tackled, right? Tackled so much better than they did. You know, Chris Smith comes into the game at star. Dan Jackson goes to safety. Um, Tennessee's unable to kind of maybe attack Dan Jackson a little bit where he struggles a little bit, which is that you know deep downfield coverage, <laughs> and uh, the, they they can't exploit that. But at the same time, George is also just tackling everything underneath. And keeping them before then forcing them to try fourth downs and that forcing the them to Tindall stuff game. in the radio. Yeah, Channing and then Channing Tindall went bananas in the second half. Three sacks in the second Ten- half. Tennessee led after the first quarter last year, 10 to yeah. seven. And no. and if I'm not mistaken, they hit Georgia in the I mouth. think that they also led in 2019 at the end of the first quarter. Maybe that one was tied. Uh they're all kind of blending together. There are a lot of dog stompings in there that I, I just Trying to think. I mean, the COVID year, Pruitt had the the funky checkerboard mask gator on his head. Uh, Georgia stomped well, on that and, one. I don't know. And 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 different game this year for sure. Yeah, um, uh, t- Tennessee led that one early too. Um, was up seven nothing. Okay. At so if, so if Tennessee builds a big lead in this one, <laughs> Georgia fans don't panic. 
an hammer early the, lead. Hammer, an early hammer lead. the Georgia live line. You got you need uh you need I think you need a four score lead to <laughs> feel comfortable about this game. Either way, because here's the deal. If if Georgia jumps out to a 17-0 or a 21 to 3 lead, it ain't safe, folks. I mean, feel good about it and take it if if the if the uh, if the devil shows up beside your bedside tonight and ask you if you want that deal for your soul, you know, contemplate it and then take it. You know, like you know, that's something that Georgia wants. All right, but at the same time, it ain't over. Uh, you know, maybe with like ten minutes left in the game, eight minutes left in the game, if you've got an eighteen point lead or something like that, you feel pretty good about it, but. Tennessee's going to keep coming. They go fast. And I feel the same way about Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia's defense has shown it can – it'll search and it'll fight and it'll figure it out and it'll, it'll, it'll kind of start getting some stops. You know, it'll figure out how to get where it needs to get there for a little bit and give the offense a chance. In every game that Georgia's lost under Kirby Smart since, you know, that Auburn game, the defense has done that for Georgia. Every game, they'll they'll slow they'll slow the other team down enough to get the offense back in it. It's just that the offense in those games wasn't able to do it, um, and I think the offense this year is. Speaking of a uh, consistent delivery, let's talk about Breaking Tea. Breaking Tea is a T-shirt company. If you haven't heard of it, we talk about it every week here on the Georgia Show. And uh, let's face it, you need a new Georgia shirt, and look at this new one. That they got right here. Look at this beautiful. Boom! They heard you. They we don't they, they normally needed a new Georgia shirt. We don't normally get political here, but this is a campaign statement. Bennett Bowers twenty two. What else could you want? The link to Killer Bees is in the link uh, is in the episode description of this show. There are other options there too if you're not keen on that one. But uh, we invite you to go check it out because we like. Breaking Tees, and we like the people at Breaking Tees. Guys, um, I, I think there's one thing that's really getting under the skin of some of the fans on our message board, $1 for a year, dogshq.com. And it's interesting to me that uh, some Georgia fans are a little annoyed. They're a little aggravated with the hype that Tennessee's getting. And Georgia fans are saying, what the hell, bro? Why didn't we get any of this? My theory is that the dogs have been knocking on the door for a while, so it's not really that big of a surprise. And Tennessee's more of a silver bullet, and their highlights are sexier when you watch them on Sports Center because in the time that it takes Brock Bowers to ramble down the field, even though he's really fast, you can probably fit like four Hendon Hooker touchdown dimes in a highlight package. Am I losing my mind? Uh, here or is Tennessee just a little overhyped just because of that offense? Jake? I'm going to say no. I, I I like I like Tennessee. I think Tennessee's good. When I say I like Tennessee, I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm saying that I like watching them play, and I think they've got a little something going. I think they've got some lightning in a bottle. You know, I mean. Can Georgia, you know, break out the big, thick rubber gloves that they use at Georgia Power and, and contain that lightning, you know, for four quarters? I don't not know. Where I thought you were going with that, but I'm glad <laughs> you landed the plane there. <laughs> My mom worked with Georgia Power for a half century almost, so uh, uh, so I got to, I got to know the, those linemen. Uh, you know, a lot Balls of balls times in here. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, so um, 
Georgia's got to put the gloves on and contain that flame. You know, they got to contain that that lightning bolt because Tennessee is really stinking good. Um, I, I think they're getting better on defense, but I also think Georgia's really good, and I think Georgia's a Kirby said elite. that the defense is getting better, so that's got to be worth something. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Kirby, I think would say that about Vanderbilt, and then after the game, say that Vanderbilt knows it doesn't have good enough players. Yeah, he, he uh, loves to pull that move. He does. I don't know why he does that. I'm, every time he does it, I cringe. I'm like, golly, man, don't say that. Well, well, it, I mean, notice if if it's a blowout, they know that they don't have as good of players. And if it's a closer game, I told you guys they were good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kent State. Kent State. Kent State didn't have as good of players as Georgia, but Kirby told us they were they were good. They were good. Spin zone, baby. Uh, last name drop of the episode here. Ryan McGee also joined me uh, to talk about the Vols. Uh, he is a big Star Wars nerd. All right, we don't bring a lot of this stuff on the show usually. I don't know how many of y'all like Star Wars, but I asked him if this game was a Star Wars reference, what would it be? And his answer kind of surprised me, but he seemed to think it was a no-brainer. It's easy, man. George is the Death Star. They are. They got all the toys. They got all the tools. They got the biggest weapon. Uh, they're the defending national champs. Um, for what it's worth, every week on ESPN.com, we do our playoff rankings. I've got Georgia number one. Um, they've not done anything to make me think they shouldn't be number one. Um, so they're, I mean, that's it. It's the impenetrable machine, right? And so if you're Tennessee, I mean, again, this is easy. This is the trench run. You know, you're, you're smaller. Uh, you're not as deep. Um, you got to be more creative because you don't have the toolbox that Georgia does, and you got to stay quick and nimble and make that trench run. And so, you know, if you're Georgia, it's recognizing the one flaw and defending it. I don't know that they have one. I think that was. I think Ryan might have been pandering a little bit to the Georgia crowd. Yeah, I, I, I thought he sounded like the Kent State head coach a little bit. Yeah, Just, yeah. I mean, I know, I know, Ryan's not going to be calling plays on Saturday, so. It's not really the same thing, but yeah, I just I thought it sounded a lot like. By the way, we'll talk about Kent State one more time. Coaching tree from the same one as Josh Heupel. Kent State ran a very similar offense to Tennessee. Put that one in your back pocket. Okay, significant perhaps. It's going to win Georgia the game. Let's chop some wood, guys. Palmer, you said you already you already had one. You kind of teased this a little bit earlier, so don't hold back. All right, I'm pulling up my notes here because I, I okay. want to make sure that I'm I'm right on this. So, did some digging. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of talk. Who do I need to find about. a picture of? Georgia offense. Georgia offense. So, I'll Google that Georgia offense. <laughs> uh, a lot of talk this week about Tennessee's offense, and rightfully so. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, near the top of the country, at the top of the country, in almost every category, but. Georgia's right there behind them. And, uh, you know, to me, I think the one thing that we, we talked about, the highlight plays of, of Tennessee's offense and, and the sexiness of, you know, throwing it deep and, and the, you know, quickness that they score with and the tempo, and that's all good and fun. But, uh, you know, to me, I, I look at the big plays, um, you know, the explosiveness here. Um, and uh, because CFB stats uh, – does not have 15 plus. Uh, you got to go with 20 plus plays of 20 plus yards this season. These two teams are tied with 54 each. 
Tennessee has 40 passing. Georgia has 39 passing. So it's pretty close. If you narrow that down to just power five opponents, Georgia has 44. Tennessee has 29, 31 to 21 in terms of passing with UGA having the advantage. This game is a lot closer. Uh, th- th- these offenses are a lot closer than, than people want it to seem. And these defenses are not as close as people want it to seem in my eyes. Uh, so th- I do think that, and, and I said this on the board earlier and, uh, Wes, I, I appreciated the shout out. I heard you talking with JD Fikel. Oh yeah. Uh, JD pickle. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard you talking with him and I, I heard the shout out for what I said on the board here. Uh, but th- the reason to me that this game isn't like the 2019 SEC championship game where Georgia was going up against an inc- incredibly explosive offense, a high powered group that LSU had there. Georgia has the offense to hang with this team. I don't know that they have the offense to hang with the 2019 LSU. I don't think that this, this Tennessee offense is 2019 LSU, but I think that they do have the offense that can hang with a, a 2022 Tennessee team. And I think that they also have a defense that can slow them down too. Comment section's getting, getting hot. So uh, I'm chopping wood about stats. Okay. I, <laughs> you brought your stat axe tonight. That's for sure. Jake, what you got? All right, listen. I believe it's in the movie Gladiator when he when doesn't he scream at the beginning like release the hounds. He yells a lot throughout. Yeah, the whole he thing. does. <clears throat> All right, so listen. Georgia needs <laughs> to have his dog. Dream? Georgia needs to have its smoky treats ready, dude. Because I I'm chopping wood on on the the old school blitz, the old school football blitz because. I was thinking about it today, and listen, I ain't got. I don't. I'm. I don't have a stone cold lock of the century for you. Um, I wish we had that sound effect though. Far, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, well, they used to do it on the um, on the uh, Rosillo and Van Pelt show. Yeah. Stone yep. cold lock of the century at a week. Um, they did meatball from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's right. So funny. Uh, but so all right, rabbit trail. Um, Tennessee's going to blitz Georgia to death. I just I, I I was I was going back through and watching kind of what Tennessee did at times against Alabama and what they did at times against uh, against uh, Kentucky. Uh, uh, no, um, Florida, Florida, especially once Anthony Richardson kind of got it rolling a little bit. They were like, "Hey, let's just come after him." Tennessee's going to come after Stetson Bennett a lot like Missouri did. Now, if Georgia handles that the way they did in the fourth quarter against Missouri, Georgia's going to be fine. If Georgia handles it like it did the first three quarters of that game, it's not going to be fine. Um, one Georgia's more O-line hasn't looked like that since that game, though, I will say. Absolutely not. They they put that one behind them. And, you know, you want to they talk about – if you want, one of the things that we haven't really gotten into, it, we got into the uh, whole home field advantage thing for the defense – Home field advantage is massive for the offense as well because it's quiet. And if you want to use a snap count, you can use a snap count. And you that offensive line gets just that ever so slightly. Palmer, you know what I'm talking about. When you know the snap count, there's just that ever so slight being able to come off the ball as an offensive lineman. Twitchiness. Yeah. Well, no, not just that. It's just that you know when that you know the quarterback's cadence and when he's coming, and and you can get a jump on the D line. You can get the pass set, or you can come straight off. You're and, holding all the cards. Yeah. You you know what's going on, and that's something that you get the benefit of at home that you don't on the road. Um, so that's something that I also think Georgia can take advantage of. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Georgia needs to be able to run the ball to keep that Tennessee pass rush at bay because they're pretty good at getting to the quarterback, but but they can affect the quarterback really well with blitzes and overloads and things of that nature. And I think they're going to heat stats and bend it up. So chopping wood on the good old fashioned blitz. I mean, look at how successful that that game was for three point whatever quarters for Mizzou. And uh, someone shared a clip from Jordan Rogers, who incidentally covered that game i don't know if that's the only georgia game he watched but he brought up you know look georgia's not getting a lot of separation from its players on the perimeter brock bowers and darnell washington are doing a good job but stetson bennett is creating a lot of things you neutralize stetson bennett that's what tennessee wants to do uh it's going to be even more difficult for guys to get open so that makes sense and i understand why you chop wood about it jake here's what i'm chopping wood about I'm chopping wood about a guy we haven't talked about yet in the show, uh, but he's the story, I think, of the game, and it is Nolan Smith. And hearing Kirby Smart talk about Nolan's continued presence on the team, uh, it didn't surprise me because I know how important that is for Nolan Smith, but it did kind of make me go, huh, oh, made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. And it's just not common I don't think, or if it is, we don't hear about it when guys are depended on to be leaders like Nolan has been since he started playing at Georgia and really got meaningful snaps to hear that he's still out with the team, bringing the juice, coaching them up on the field. I don't know how you measure that, but I'm interested to see how Georgia's defense turns it into production on the field. And it just, uh, Look, if you don't love Nolan Smith, if you don't uh, think he's a DGD, you just haven't been paying attention, man. He took a while to get warmed up, to really be a player, really be a baller, decided to come back this season. And uh, what more could you want from the guy? He's still giving you everything he's got. And I think if you're a Georgia fan, you got to love that. That's really cool. No doubt about it, man. Definitely a special uh a special uh, football player. I, you know, I mean, I'm not sitting there saying he's elite or he's the he's going to be a top draft choice. I don't know. I don't know who's going to fall in love with him, but I know as far as you know, an old soul uh, for for a kid for a you know young kid like that, and uh, uh, going to be successful no matter what he does. He's an impressive, dude. Who replaces him on Saturday? Is it by committee? Well, I, I'm of the opinion that no one can really replace him. Yeah, I mean, no one on the roster. I don't think. I mean, I think you do it by committee. Um, you, you, you got to rely on Robert Bill to bite off a big chunk. Um, you got to rely on Chas Chambliss to be able to come in there and play the run. Although is he healthy? Yeah, I think he's, he's going to have to be, right. he's going to be healthy enough to, to give him some snaps. I will say this. There was, there was a lot of beating up on Chas Chambliss after that game, after that, uh, um, Florida game. And he missed a couple tackles on the edge. So did Jamon Dumas Johnson. Yeah. So did Javon Bullard. Um, Anthony Richardson's a, so did Robert Beal. Anthony Richardson's a tough guy to tackle. Um, but he also bent the edge a couple times and, uh, and, and, you know, got some pressure on the quarterback. He ended up, you know, having to work against a tight end to get his sack. But, um, you know, I think you're going to see Michael Williams in some spots kind of play in that Jack linebacker role with his hand on the ground. I think you'll see Marvin Jones get a look. Jalen Walker on third down. Uh, Xavier Sori and Jalen Walker on the field at the same time on third down might be in the cards. Um, and then obviously Chambliss, Robert Beal, MJ Sherman um, by committee. But I think Robert Beal is probably going to play 45, 50 snaps. 
Well, uh, that's to me, it's like I said, that's the story of the game is what is, what does Georgia do? Uh, I mean, it's overemphasized. I think you brought this up earlier in the week, Jake. I mean, the pressure on the perimeter is a little overemphasized, but you still got to have a dude there that can stand in there and go. Uh, Jalen Carter coming back is massive too. And watching what he did against Florida was pretty scary. Um, I don't know. There, there's, there's a lot of balancing factors here. Like Georgia could use the fact that they're number three in the playoff committee rankings as bulletin board material. Well, Tennessee could use the fact that they're underdogs and they've smoked everybody as bulletin board material. I mean, there's just so many of these little marginal things, and that has nothing to do with Nolan Smith or Jalen Carter, but stream of conscious show for a really big game that can't tell I'm really excited about. Comment section's really excited about it too. Somehow <laughs> it's free. Uh, our comment section over at the Dogs HQ message board is not free. It's a dollar. So for a whole no, year. No, it's a big, big difference for you guys. But a we penny every four days. Check it out. Uh yeah, Jake hey, run the numbers. Have have y'all checked out the weather for Saturday? Haven't looked at it. Rain. Rain. Uh showers all day. Showers in the morning, cloudy in the afternoon. Showers uh, with and later at night. Um, there's a chance that it's going to be. What's raining. your source? What's your source here, Palmer? Uh, I am looking at weather.com. Uh, he's, okay. he's looking at WGN Chicago. They do know their weather. <laughs> weather.com. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe that makes the crowd a little quieter. Hmm? I don't know. I don't know what kind of impact that maybe has. Maybe ball been. a little slipperier, eh? I bet they're doing the wet ball drill. Does anyone ask? Kirby about that we, this season. We we talked to Pod and Kiaris tonight, and um, Pod said that they they've worked on some things that he's aware. He said they. Uh, I asked him, you know, how how do you simulate rain when you can't really control the weather? Obviously, you can do wet ball, hmm. but you know the planting and all that that it takes um, is also part of it. He said, yeah, we got water guns, noodles, buckets of water being thrown at us. Um, so sounds like sounds like they're preparing. They got some student intern that's going to be a head coach in thirty years and and lead some team to a national championship. And he's super soaking uh, Chris Smith out there to get ready for the game. Just a, an amazing sport, amazing game, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I want to give a shout out to the Tennessee people that came in tonight. Vols time, you're a good sport. I like that. However, this Tennessee and Georgia game goes, I almost bet it will be a great game. I mean, I hope it is. I hope so. So hyped up. It would be a real bummer if it wasn't. Uh, Anthony Richards, not Anthony Richardson. Um, I appreciate that. Appreciate y'all going back and forth. Y'all keep it civil, okay? We're all we're all football fans here. We're all SEC fans. Hit that subscribe button if you aren't already, and we will have a link to gosh all the conversations we had, Palmer's conversation, the ones I had, and then. Uh, link to breaking tees. Come on, get yourself a t-shirt. Thanks for watching the Georgia show. Guys, take a moment to soak it in, Palmer. You're going to tell your grandkids about this one. So young, so Jake. young, going to get to experience something like this. I can't believe it. Yeah. You know what I was really... doing 17 years ago, Palmer? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Either. Jake, you're probably you're at a Georgia seven. game. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Palmer dog, you're probably at a Georgia game, wouldn't you think? 17 years ago. 05. 
2005. Yeah, I was probably it's probably around around when that yeah. Georgia Auburn game was played in 2005. Auburn's last that was a good game. game. I was probably there. Yeah, Not it was a Georgia good game. Though. All right, guys, uh, I'll let y'all get to bed. I know you're getting tired over there. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, Dogs HQ got you covered on Dogs and Vols. Catch you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.